I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, friend, colleague, Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and is the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 226th episode, and man, do we need it sometimes, of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk markets, we're going to talk about what we're investing in, and of course, we're going to get into, you know, offending both sides of the political spectrum by talking a little Hunter Biden and a little Trump Jr. There's a lot going on, as usual, Mr. Hodge, despite the fact that there seems to be a lack of activity in most TSX venture companies. So let's get into that first and foremost. I know it's been a bit of a stretch here the last few weeks. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good, Gerardo. Uh, enjoying the a summertime. Good to have two feet on the ground, as it were, and uh, plugging away in, in what is continuing to be um, tough and um, difficult markets to figure out, both on the, the macro side and on the uh, the TSX Venture side, as you pointed out. So uh, plugging away is what we can do. How about you? Um, I'm well. Thank you for asking. Fresh from uh, the tr my trip from Chicago. Got to go see the Cubbies at Wrigley. Um, that was an exciting game. Got to see family. That was great. Thankful to be healthy. Thankful to be back. And thankful to you, sir, and Mr. David Earfley for holding it down last week with the Gold Podcast. I appreciate y'all. Let's get right into it. You touched on the overall market indices. You know, we had a stronger than expected um, report earlier today that, you know, once again is 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 translating into the narrative that the Fed will continue to raise, as Mr. Powell has stated that he would continue to do so at least a couple of more times this year. And we're already in July, so you can kind of do the math on that. Uh, today being July the 6th, the market dropped 300 points. The Dow did. The NASDAQ was down almost a percent. The volatility index, what you've touched on in the past, spiked a bit. Overall indices, um, is your bear call finally starting to play itself out? Or, or is, is, is the data now um, the, the focus point? Or are we still going to do the let's wait for Jerome to pivot dance and hope it happens sooner rather than later? I, I think the, the bear call is still correct. Um, for both the reasons that are macro and, and reasons that are company specific, I guess we can start with the macro. Um you know, uh, Europe is in a recession officially now, and um, the U.S. is is not in a recession, but growth is very low. Like, could have come in uh, around one percent, and might do that for the next couple of quarters. So, you know, while the U.S. may not be in a recession this year, the the growth is very low, and the the rates are, are starting to to break people's and and companies' backs. Yep. Um. So you mentioned Jerome and then the Fed. Yeah, I think as of this morning, I was looking, there was like a 95% chance that they uh, hike at the meeting later this month. And, you know, earnings are starting to, to trickle out as well. And they haven't been too rosy. So uh, continue to be cautious on the macro side of things. There are pockets of bullishness. Tech stocks, a few of them have obviously done well. Healthcare stocks and, and defense stocks are uh, doing okay. But there's also still a lot of, um, underperforming or, or non-performing sectors out there. And so it's difficult to, to want to wade back into this market, given all that overarching macro stuff. And, and that's without mentioning a, a manufacturing economy that's in contraction, a service economy that is uh, bordering on a contraction and, you know, just general credit tightness that, you know, is still expected to spill over to the commercial real estate market. So, uh, there's a lot of things to dissuade me from wanting to deploy capital more broadly, though um, I have been buying in, in some of the pockets where I believe there's bullishness. 
Well, let's throw in a mortgage rates of 7.22%. And mind you, when we quote that, that's residential. We're not talking commercial, which you know typically has a higher you know barrier to entry in the form of a larger percentage down if you're not making an all-cash offer. And those rates are substantially higher. If we talk land, vacant land, those rates are substantially higher than that 7.22%. So um, a lot in my eyes, to be bearish and cautious about, as we've been saying the last couple of months, um, you know, a couple of months of a head fake does not make for a bull market, right? Yeah, and, and still significant headwinds in the financial sector too. Um, didn't mention the yield curve, which is, you know, now next. the most <laughs> the most inverted. It's been, it's a full percentage point inverted. Um, and that makes life very difficult for the banks. We obviously had a, a a waterfall of, of bank failures earlier this year, back in March, and things that seemingly steadied out in the interim. But with this reinversion or re-steepening of the, the yield curve, you could see more trouble ahead in those sectors that are, you know, rate uh, dependent or rate influenced, yep. like um, uh, REITs and, and certainly uh, banks. Yeah, community banks probably not out of the woods yet. Again, one beatdown doesn't mean you're not going to get your ass whooped some more. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, I think something has to break. I don't know if it's sooner or later, but, you know, I think it's a one question, right? Um, everybody wants to know when moon. Well, in this case, the better question I think is when break, because I think it's yeah. coming. Don't know if it's the commercial, you know, real estate sector that's going to cause that. Don't know if it's junk bonds. Don't know if it's going to be a combination of things, but I can tell you this, cash-rich businesses are going to have some opportunities, as will resource speculators, and on your end, sector agnostic speculators, to pick up some pretty, pretty cheap bargains. There's, I mean, you, you know, the, the the resource space right now, with few exceptions, um, is, is, is chock full of bargains, um, whether it's gold, whether it's copper. I wrote about lithium and copper this past week. Uranium equities pulled back on fears of, you know, a potential uh, meltdown in in the Ukraine caused by Russia. That turned out to be, you know, nonsense, which all of us that kind of were watching that story figured it was nonsense because of what that specific reactor is composed of. Is it isn't the same stuff that leads to nuclear meltdowns and it had been on care and maintenance for a couple of months, if I'm not mistaken. But I say all that to say that you want to be careful here in the overall indices. We didn't touch on the volatility index. I know you watched that like Hawk. I know you wrote about that the last week or two talking about, you know, how how volatility really hadn't crept back into the market. It's starting to creep back into the market now. I mean, marginally, I just pulled up a chart here. He was, you know, teetering down around 13 on the, the VIX, certainly getting comfortable below 15 for the past month. He had a spike up on this, um, you know, most recent... Uh, if you want to call it a sell-off in the market, it got to just a little, looks like a wick on the candle above 17, but it's already come back down. I mean, if I look at a five-day chart uh, on the VIX, it's already down to, to, to 15 and a half. And so I think there continues to be complacency um, in the market. We've seen in the past couple of weeks, like record call buying on the, on the S&P, and, and that's what the, the VIX is based off. So um, I don't think this, you know, by the dip mentality has, has completely gone out of the market, especially given that the uh, NASDAQ has continued to move higher and, and some of these tech names have done really well. So hmm. uh, I haven't done well on my personal uh, VIX trades of late, and I'm not sure um, what's going to you know change that and then and, and make the, the VIX you know continue to move higher, even though there's significantly more upside in it than, than downside. You're going to need some more 
a fear to creep in the market and, and maybe that you know materializes later this month when we get the fed meeting and the gdp number uh we gotta talk lithium a bit right uh, patriot had some great news that you know resulted in some <laughs> ragtag outfit who which shall remain nameless uh issuing a, a short report that was one dated factually incorrect and three um, man, I wish I could bet on this one. You know, they, they, they have a, a, a mineral resource estimate, the maiden mineral resource estimate for the Corvette district to come in at around 70 million tons at one, two or one, three, I believe is what they have it pegged at. Um, I'm no geologist. Um, I'm no mathematician, but if it doesn't come into triple digits, uh, I would be, I would be shocked if it didn't come in at at least a hundred million tons at, you know, one, three, one, four percent. And then I think if you, you know, use a 1% cutoff, um, and, and we're just playing cutoff now, right? Um, you know, you're, you're talking 150, 160 at the very least, I believe. So I think it comes into triple digits. I think that outfit is dead wrong. I think the shorts are, 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 are looking for opportunities before this resource estimate, you know, to, to, to kind of exit the position. I don't think that they're going to get it. Whether or not it happens, I say this every week, I get tired of saying it, it doesn't matter to me. Most of my shares are not for sale. I may tap the occasional 500, 1,000 shares when a tax bill comes due or a tuition comes due or something like that. But the bulk of my shares are going to sit there until I get at least my $50 per share. Um, the news that, that that went over people's head and went over the market's head, I expected before, before the news, when is the resource estimate due out? Is it this month? It's it's end of July, and I played devil's advocate with Blair in the last interview, and I said, Blair, you know, if your release says the end of July, I've been around a little bit long enough to know that that probably means first week of August, so w would you be surprised, Blair, if it took an extra couple of days into the first week of August? And he said, no, look, we're waiting on the last couple of assays to plug into the model. It wouldn't surprise me if it was delayed a few days, but I don't see more than a couple of day delay into the first week of August. So look, it's July the 6th today. By the time this goes out, we'll be into the second week of July. The next couple of weeks are going to go quick. We have assays pending. We have that resource estimate coming. The next 30 days are going to be, you know, exciting, exciting. And, and mind you, this initial resource estimate is going to be a peak, right? This is just on um, the, 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 the one cluster, right? One part of the blob, as I like to call it. So I would encourage everybody to take that 100 million ton initial resource estimate Add another 30 or 40 million tons um, on, on, on CV13 at least. And, you know, your, your, your starter maiden resource estimate is going to be anywhere between 100 and 140 million tons at good enough grades. Anybody with a calculator and a brain can see that there's at least 200 million tons. And look, that uh, 6% um, lithium spodumene concentrate grade in, on CV13 um, which indicates now pretty strongly that there's potential for joint processing with CV5. If the whole thing's connected the way I think it is and all of it looks exactly the same and all of it is low cost, low energy uh, inputs, <laughs> it's going to be a phenomenal second half of the year for Patriot battery metals. The, 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 the fires are still going. Patriot's not back on the ground. All of the rigs are waiting. Um, contractors are there. The camp is set up. Other important work is being done by the company. So it's definitely not a situation where nothing is happening. And look, there's going to be a lot of value creation by allowing institutions and funds that couldn't dabble into Patriot battery metals because of that lack of resource estimate. They're going to be able to come to the table now, I think, and be able to buy in a pretty substantial way. Let's be absolutely clear. It's not going to be retail anymore that gets Patriot from $15, $16 a share into the 20s and the 30s, right? It's going to be funds, potential offtake partners, 
companies, and this one hasn't happened yet, but I still anticipate multiple majors wanting to come in. I think, you know, the green light for all of those things to happen is going to be that resource estimate. And then it's it's hit the ground running with drilling once the fires, um, you know, scale back a little bit. So yeah, bullish as ever on Patriot and uh, laughing at the short report. Uh, I, again, I'm not going to say the outfit's name because I thought, I thought it was a, a cheap shot that wasn't very well um, researched. And I think, you know, we're, we're going to see that here in a couple of weeks. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm too bullish, but I doubt it. I doubt it. We'll see. What about the, um, you know, there's always a uh... Uh, a new battery technology on the way that's gonna <laughs> ruin the the lithium market. This week it was that Toyota announces they're going to have the size, um, have the cost, and have that's cut in half. I'm saying half size, half the cost, and have the weight of the batteries uh, by 2027. Any thoughts on that? Do you get a chance to to read about that at all? Yeah, I dug into it. I say I I think it's optimistic on all fronts, um, whether it's the technology, whether it's the timeline for the technology. Frankly, I'm rooting for it, right? I mean, we just had a, a another announcement that Volkswagen is going to cost the battery plant's going to cost Ottawa over 16 billion dollars, uh, an additional 2.8 billion dollars in taxpayer funded um, I don't want to say handouts, but incentives. Let's call them incentives for this battery plant. So look, I hope Toyota is on time with their technology. I hope the technology really does do what it says it's going to do. At the end of the day, if it does bring down cost and it does increase range and it's a better solution, that's good for the entire space, right? That's good for the entire space. In Patriot's case, what makes Corvette so unique is the fact that it's, you know, tier one and you just don't get that concentration of, of lithium spodumene all in one place, the, 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 the cost offsets to develop one 250 or 300 million ton blob of lithium um, versus 10, 30 million ton blobs is, 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 is drastic and will absolutely command a premium. And, you know, don't get me going about what if the whole 10, 15, 20 kilometers are all connected um, and undercover. And we're going to see, you know, we're going to get a lot of those answers here in the second half of the year. So long-winded way of, of saying, Nick, that I think for every Toyota technological breakthrough, um, there's going to be, you know, offsets with more demand on this side for the traditional technologies. And, you know, if they can make it more affordable over here, well, then that has, you know, input positives on this side as well. So not not too worried about it. Not a, not anything that I see on the horizon yet that changes that narrative for at least the next three to five years anyhow. Well, it's at least five years, right? I mean, the article um, I was reading said that, you know, they hope to get it ready by 2027, but more realistically, um, 2028, and that's half a decade away, but there's no real details on how they're going to um, hit all those metrics, you know, um, you know, getting the, the, the cost and, and size down is one, but it, there was no talk of how they were going to maintain the same or improve the amount of range, which is essentially the limiting factor in the adoption right. of all these uh, electric, uh, cars, right? How are you going to do that? Um, and still have a, a range that isn't going to induce the, the range anxiety with potential adopters. So I'm um, still very scant on details like um, Elon Musk eliminating cobalt from um, his batteries, right? It's one thing to make an announcement and um, it's another to, to make it a reality, as we've seen with um, lots of targets surrounding EVs and climate. And, and as we've talked about on this podcast, it's one thing to say, we're going to reduce emissions by X, by, by Y yeah. year. And and that's another thing to make it uh, a reality. Same thing with 
all these battery plants. It, it's one thing to announce all these battery plants. It's a uh, another to to get all the the metals out of the ground. They're gonna be that are gonna be needed to um, make them a reality. And so I think we're headed into that um, phase of you know companies and governments realizing that here over the next three to five years. Yeah, look, I, I I see in the next couple of years, I see bidding wars, right? That 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 are going to continue to escalate. And again, um, companies like like Patriot that have an asset of that caliber, there there just isn't anything else that looks like that that has those type of economics that has the potential for that long of mine life for IRR potential. You know that I mapped out back back of the napkin. Um, calculations, <laughs> it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful day once they start getting to pre-fees and, and feasibility study and people start to wrap their head around the scale of this thing. It's an absolute monster. And yeah, the stock's been boring for a couple of months. And sh- sure, I, I wish the stock was at 2530 where I think it, it should be already. What I think at the end of the day doesn't matter. What matters is that it gets there where when, when, when that resource estimate comes out and, and trends in that direction because they're cashed up, they're drilling. I know for a fact they have multiple major mining and chemical companies that are looking to come in and take a piece at the right time. And I also know for a fact that Patriot and, and the long-term committed shareholders own enough of the stock to block anything, to block anything that is, you know, under 40 or 50 bucks. And conversations that I've had, what I've heard from major, major shareholders, um, not taking anything less than 40 or 50 guys. And that would have to happen relatively soon. So everything else, hey, go ahead and offer 25, 30, 35. It doesn't matter. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. Patriots clearly best in breed. And I wanted to just talk about that theme for a second. You know, we, we mentioned that the rest of the TSX was pretty beat down. Yeah. Uh, particularly the junior sector. There's companies that, that can't raise a million or two million bucks to drill. Uh, the precious metals equities haven't kept up with the the, the price of of gold and uh, silver, and uh, just the, a general malaise can be felt. I mean, if you look at the CRB commodity index, it continues to make lower lows and is <laughs> no, nowhere near in danger of breaking out. And uh, no one wants to buy these things. And so, you know, you mentioned the, the podcast last week with David Earthley. One of the things we were talking about, I don't remember if it was off air or on the podcast, was that. You don't have to waste time now with any of these marginal companies or any of these, you know, Me Too companies that joined the party lately and, and came came in with an asset. You only have to look at the best in breed companies in any particular category, whether that's nickel or zinc or gold or tin or whatever it is. <laughs> you only look at the companies with real assets and real management teams. And in, in some senses, in some sense, that makes uh, your due diligence process even easier. Because I yep. know one of the things I do is I get distracted by, you know, all the companies and all the news releases. And I try to, you know, read all the things, right? So yeah. I'm informed about what's going on. But in this case, um, you can sort of just let the cream rise or, or separate the, the wheat, as it were, and, and only focus on the companies that, that you know have um, robust assets and, and have put themselves in a position to succeed. And I guess I would add to that companies that have raised capital recently that don't have to come to the market um, in, in this sort of environment, which in which they might not even be able to raise capital. So anyway, um, I'm finding it easier to 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 make a short list and, and, and hopefully people can take advantage of that in the various letters. Yeah, and you know what you should be taking advantage of, people out there. And this is something I already did. I have significant holdings in, in the company. I'm biased. I'm a biased patient, long-term shareholder. I think I'm going to make you know, a good 15, 20 times my money here in the next two or three years. Hannon Metals. 
Again, they had a news release that in, in a copper bull market or a better market, not in the summertime where no one cares, everyone's at the lake, everyone's enjoying, you know, whatever time they can enjoy and, and outside as they should be. Um, they had an announcement now where they have a, a, a project called the Valiente Project, which is one part, right? Um, it's a 140 kilometer by 50 kilometer area. They have a target called Sortilegio, which is part of the Valiente Project. They've discovered 18 intrusion-related porphyry epithermal scarring targets. And so, again, much like Patriot, I know for a fact that major mining companies, because it's on the corporate presentation um, of Hannon's, want a stake, want some of that ground. This is separate from the, the joint venture with Jogmec, right? The $35 million joint venture. This is all in 100% owned ground. So if, you know, it takes a year to permit this specific part of the project while they drill the Jogmec portion of it, I am perfectly content waiting because the field work that Michael Hudson and the Hannon team is doing is absolutely top-notch and phenomenal. And I don't know of any other junior that has a basin scale position that has outlined 18 porphyry targets, um, getting the type of sample results. And they're just sample results. But, you know, you had a boulder that assayed 16% copper and 4.4 grams per ton gold. And they're seeing these over hundreds of kilometers. The fact that this company's got a $25 million market cap makes me giddy because I hope it stays at a $25 million market cap. I hope Patriot gets bought out and I'll shift a good chunk of the funds that I have in Patriot and I'll, I'll, I'll run it back with Hannon because I absolutely believe that, you know, within the next year or so, we get some drills on the ground um, on the 100% owned land. We, we we get to peek at what the Jogmeg joint venture has to offer here in the next couple of months when that first drill permit should be issued. I think it's going to be a fun few years. Michael Hudson had a quote in the latest news release. Um, that mentioned, you know, they're developing targets to drill for the next five years, right? They have a five-year drill plan. They're prioritizing all of that right now. So you like copper, you like gold, you like silver, you like large land packages in, you know, tough jurisdictions. Granted, Peru's tough right now, but they're doing all the right community work that they're supposed to be doing. And I think it's going to be a fun couple of years. I hope the stock stays here for the next six, seven, eight months. So I could buy a chunk more. Love large packages. <laughs> um, there's a reason tech increased its stake, you know, from 9% to, to 9.9 recently as well. And so those, uh, you know, majors are, are looking for size and, and, and tech has clearly seen it here. So, you know, you talked about majors needing to come in and, and tech's already, you know, seen some of the writing on the wall. So, um, not sure what's going to come out of Ireland. You'd think we'd have heard something from there already, but they're just biding time. Like, like, like you say, to, to be able to drill in Peru and, as I understand it, they could be drilling there in the second half of this year on a portion of the project. And so definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, I just interviewed Michael here a couple of days ago. We had a good conversation, you know, off air. I mean, it's in the release. The the Kilmurray target in Ireland hit a void of like 37 meters or something like that. And so it's a fancy way of saying the drill ended up hitting nothing. And so they pulled the drill and they're going to get back in there and, and go back in the way they're supposed to go in to reach the target depth that they were targeting, obviously. So I don't expect anything out of Ireland anytime soon, though that could surprise to the upside. What did surprise me, and, and, and this was a positive, is that Mike did mention in the interview that permitting on the Jogmeg portion of the land package should be granted here within the next month or two, and he expects to be drilling immediately. So that's a big positive because I think we're going to start seeing the potential of this basin and, you know, what I think is a coup. I mean, I think Michael Hudson and his team talk about first mover advantage. 
to have a whole basin that companies like tech, companies like, you know, Glencore, all these big major mining companies simply missed. Um, I, I, I think it's going to make for a fun couple of years there. So Hannon is kind of your free pick for the week. I really like what they're doing. I think it's uh, I think it's a good speculation at these levels. Sure. Gold, silver, you touched on it briefly. Uh, gold above 1900 dollar index above 103 silver still in the 22 range anything to add from last week um only that we recorded it i think the day before the quarter the month end and the quarter and yep. and the technical level that that david was talking about was 1875 which that last day of june you know gold did get its ass handed to it it, it went down to something like 1890 but yep. um didn't get to 1875 and um it's back above 1900 so still technically bullish um, these rates have been getting out of control. So the short end of the curve is going up because the market's pricing in additional rate hikes. Even the 10-year had a heck of a, a, a day to, yeah, today and um, has been rising fast. And so you're getting these short-term headwinds for gold, which you should be using to, to position um, aggressively for the long term. Because as you said earlier, you know something's going to break. I mentioned yeah. that um, Europe is in a recession and the ECB hiked you know, every meeting for the past year. And is still talking about you know doing more, and the Fed's going to say make the same mistake. They're going to continue hiking into a recession, and at some point, um, something's going to break. So you know, I, I continue to say you buy the dips in gold, both in, in the physical, which you should be doing closer to nineteen hundred, and then um, in the really high quality companies, whether that's the the best of breed producers or yeah. um, d developers, which David was saying he was. Uh, keen on and there's there's not a lot of them out there that you know have tier one or, or close to tier one assets with um you know low cash or all in sustaining costs um, there's only a, a handful to choose from and so um that's what i'm doing is uh, continuing to to bid on those when there's uh pullbacks and uh, i remain bullish on on gold i like it i'm gonna give one more free name i'm not a shareholder i missed the boat on this one i'm not a fan typically of the cost associated with drilling in the Yukon, but I, I, I got to give them credit where credit is due. Snowline Gold um, has just, you know, been on an absolute tear um, and is doing some spectacular, spectacular work, right? They had a release um, here this past week. Uh, they hit 418.3 meters of 1.9 grams per ton gold. That was from surface. And then that included 216 meters of 3.1 grams per ton gold. It's the very first hole of the season. And so kudos to Snowline. Missed that one. Congrats to shareholders that are long. If I was a shareholder, that's another one of those uh, deposits that I think has 10 million ounce potential. You just hold on to those and you wait for a better gold market, right? That one is a no brainer to me in terms of resource size potential and you know where that stock is likely headed maybe not in the near term but definitely in the midterm when you have a better gold market sooner or later people will care again everyone's bored right now look enjoy what you can of the summer if if, if you're able to and so snowline gold you want a pure gold play I, I i like that company and i like what they're doing so well it's not like we haven't given it airtime i, I yeah. recall in the i think the the year-end episode we did yep. of this podcast back in December, we were talking about companies that had a good year and that were showing promise, and, and Snowline was definitely one of them. Agreed. Agreed. Um, the shares uh, were under $3 at that time, and now they're um, just around $4. We're over $4 this week. So Yeah, and again, in a better gold market, that stock would be trading probably in double digits, right? And so we don't have that market yet. 
presents a heck of opportunity out there to 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 initiate new positions or add to quality positions. Um that's all I got. Look, the Patriot news was awesome. The lithium space continues to be interesting. Um gold, uh, well, silver continues to be boring. <laughs> Uranium continues to kind of be boring right now for the time being. A contrarian's dream. Like <laughs> if you're catched up, this is a contrarian's dream. I'm in Disneyland when it comes to buying equities, right? I just kind of put bids in on, on some of my favorite names. I just wait for somebody to get desperate and sell. And so for me, it's, it's great. I'm not looking to, this isn't the time to, 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 to go count, you know, the, the, the chickens in the coop. This is the time to go and, and, and get out there and, you know, throw the feed down and, and see what you end up with. So yeah, have fun with the markets, guys. Boring is good sometimes. Um, we should mention China quickly and then the, their move to limit the export of gallium and germanium that sent some reverberations around the markets, you know. China! Um, every so, <laughs> China! Every, every so often, uh, China talks about doing this, whether it's um, rare earths. Exactly. Yeah. So um, some of those related companies were up 5 to 10% in the past week and, and companies who need them, you know, the Volkswagens and, and semiconductor manufacturers of the world are scrambling to see where that supply is going to come from. Not a lot of companies who can uh, supply that. And then um, I thought you wanted to mention uh, Hunter and Don Jr. I'm not sure what's going on there, but it's probably yeah, worth a, just, a bit just, of levity. Just, now. just more, just more of the same. I think the China conversation is a whole heck of a lot more interesting, right? I think you know we know that China, you know, fancies itself and, and rightfully so as a superpower and and in the up and coming superpower and the likely um, number one contender for the U.S. when it comes to superpower status. And I think, look, the early 2030s are going to be a reality check for a lot of people, and I think. The technological uh, advantages that China has, uh, the educational advantages that it has, not to say it doesn't have its, its, its negatives like, like, you know, all regions and countries do, but it does get a lot right. And, you know, they, 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 they move nimbly, right? They, they just decided they were going to go ahead and start uh, re releasing uh, lending standards or loosening le lending standards, I should say, to support the sale of electric vehicles, which were kind of slowing down for a bit, which led to a little bit of the pullback in the lithium space. But they're able to move nimbly. And that's something that the U.S., for whatever reason, um, because of our dumbass politicians, this gets me to Hunter and, and, and Trump Jr., which aren't politicians, but, you know, obviously very well placed. Um, they do a lot right. I think early 2030s for China is going to be interesting. Our politicians' kids are, you know, one's supposedly leaving coke at the White House, which if you look at the timetable, it actually doesn't add up because the cocaine would have had to have been there for, you know, like three or four days or something like that or five days before anybody happened to see it. So somebody left cocaine at the White House. Um, I don't know what that says about the administration or the quality of the visitor list or, you know, Kamala was locking kids up for selling marijuana bags um, to the tune of years, right? They campaigned on a maybe we'll legalize marijuana campaign. They backtracked on that as soon as they won the election, backtracked on immigration as soon as they won the election. And all you people out there still believe that these people are in your quarter. The rules don't apply to them. They, they, the, the White House came out and said, um, we're never going to be able to find out whose cocaine it was. We're sorry. We don't have videos and CIA and FBI and all fucking cameras all over the place. There's no way we can figure out whose cocaine it was, right? So that's on one end of the spectrum. You have Hunter Biden, you know, pleaded guilty to some charges a couple of weeks ago. Everybody's fascinated by his addictions and his, you know, propensity for, for, for adult movie stars, which, you know, it teach the road, right? No judgments here. 
Um, and then you got, you know, Don Jr. who had an ex-girlfriend come out and say that, you know, they frequented gay clubs together and, you know, that Don would come out in a thong and, and they had sex at a gay nightclub bathroom. And I'm just sitting here going, these are the kids of like the former president and the current president. This is this is what we got to deal with right now, America. And so whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, um, just enjoy life and be kind to each other, man. Life is short. It'll, it'll, it'll punch you in the gut sometimes. And it's too short to be arguing over um, things that are insignificant, like what was on Hunter Biden's laptop and uh, which bathroom and, and what, you know, <laughs> what uh, kind of nightclub Don Jr. is having sex in. So I, 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 I take it all with a, with a, with a laugh and, 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 and it's humorous. But people get real serious about this stuff, Nick. If you think Twitter is real, people get on there. And, oh my God, they get they 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 get their panties up in a bunch. No pun intended. And uh, it's it's scary stuff sometimes. The stuff that people choose to get frightened about, man, or or angry about, I should say. Yeah, um, just an anecdote uh, uh, on that. Uh, <laughs> I was back east uh, over the past week. I spent some time in Maryland and and some time in uh, Philadelphia, and I I went to to my dad's barber because I needed a haircut while I was out there, and. This guy didn't say a whole lot. He spent um, basically, you know, my entire haircut and my dad's entire haircut watching some news channel that I hadn't heard of. I, I forget the name. It wasn't Newsback. So it was some obscure news channel. And they were um, having like a sort of a town hall with RFK Jr. Yeah. Um, and this guy was like riled up, right? I mean, everything from vaccines to uh, China to, to you know, all the issues of the day, right? Um, getting fired up at this interview. And, and I was thinking dude, it doesn't impact you that much. Like, you know, cut the hair and, and enjoy your time here. And, you know, at least in my short experience on this earth of four decades or so, you know, I haven't seen a major impact from one party to the next as far as uh, it relates to, you know, uh, who's in who's in power at the time, right? Not a positive uh, one anyway. <laughs> especially since, you know, rulings like Citizens United, where we know who's really calling the shots. And, and at the end of the day, no matter how much they talk about, you know, raising taxes for the rich or whatever it is, that, that stuff always ends up um, getting walked back, just like it's got walked back with Biden. Uh, even, uh, you know, to, to reach the, the debt ceiling um, uh, agreement, they backtracked on the funding for increasing the IRS, the IRS agents, et cetera, right? Like I told so, you they would. It just sounds right. good, and then people forget. Exactly. Yeah, these people don't care about y'all for the most part, everybody. Um, let's let's make better communities and be better neighbors and be better to each other and, and you know, let the clowns do the clown stuff. Um, I'm supposed to remind y'all, by the way, to go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to never miss our updates, market commentary, and rants. Um, I continue to love the comments on the Bizarro World YouTube channel. I continue to love the comments um, on Twitter for the most part. Um, either way, I laugh. So take that as you will. Anything else that you're watching this week, Nick? I want assays from Patriot. Those are coming. That's my biggest holding. So so when I talk about the most in two years, it'll be Hannon. I'll be I'll be running it back with Hannon. I absolutely believe we'll be talking about, you know, something similar in scope and scale um, just because of the nature of that land tenure package. But anything on your end of it that seems particularly interesting while we wait for something asked, to break? I think you asked me that two weeks ago and I mentioned Asia, um, which continues to be interesting. Both, well, not both, three, um, Japan, South Korea, and, and yeah. India are, are trading pretty good and have better macro setups than, than Europe and, and the United States. So I'll be writing about that in the uh, July issue of Foundational Profits. And then 
Um, you've asked me about Bitcoin recently, and and I'm not 100% convinced that uh, you know it's turned the corner or is in a bull market or whatever. But um, there is a, a company I've been watching, and I'm not going to give you the name for free, um, but that <laughs> owns uh, a, a significant interest in a, um, in an exchange, a platform where you can um, trade crypto uh, specifically as securities. So they're a bit ahead of the regulation. Um, and they're a big name in, in the retail space as well. It's a, it's a company that, that folks would know um, if I said it. And um, the reason I bring that up is, is twofold. One is, you know, because Bitcoin continues to try to make a run at 30,000 and every day we're getting closer to 2024 when the next halvening is. Um, and the second is that this company made a, a move in their, in their real business, the, the space where they operate, to, to buy some um, assets from a retailer that just went bankrupt. And so um, that headline got it on the, the radar of some analysts mm. who, um, some of whom, you know, almost doubled the price target. This company um, had a $19 price target, I think, by Jeffries recently. And, and when this recent, you know, retailer news came out, they increased the price target to 34 And I've seen as some analysts calling for 50 to to $100 a share. So uh, it's an inter- it's an interesting name. It's a relatively small company, like a billion, billion and a half market cap. And um, I guess all that to say, it, it's a way to get some tangential but not pure exposure to the the, the crypto market. And its fundamental business isn't too bad either. So um, I'm going to be recommending that this week. Now, for those of you interested in Mr. Hodges and my occasional um, insights into the markets, you should go to digestpublishing.com. That, of course, being a separate entity from Resource Talk Digest, which, you know, is a sponsor-based business model. Companies pay us to help get their stories out. We vet the companies. We hope that, you know, it works out. But at the end of the day, we would like to provide a variety of ideas for the audience. And so you can go get free stuff at resourcestockdigest.com to help your due diligence. If you want some paid advice, what we're doing with our own money, picks, more in-depth research, you can go to Digest Publishing. Nick has a couple of letters. I have a couple of letters. Mr. Chris Curl has a service, has his crypto service, which is top-notch. Um, Ryan, uh, John, they have a service which which focuses on, you know, a, a more broad scope than, than what I do. But a good range of paid products over there that, you know, I, I, I think is very, very well worth your money. I remember when I got into the space 15 years ago, you know, the advice that was given to me is if you have $10,000, you know, spread $5,000 out amongst five different newsletters and five different, you know, regions and and, and types of, of companies that you want to invest in and, you know, cross-reference them, take notes, keep track records and see who does what. And I think that, um, you know, both you and I, I think we're pretty proud of being able to deliver, you know, quadruple digit wins in this market, triple digit wins, multiple of those in this market. Um, and then positioning with a lot of great ideas that, yeah, maybe they're down 20, 30%. <laughs> that, that can get made up in a day in the junior resource space anyhow. So yeah, Digest Publishing for the paid stuff, resourcestockdigest.com for the free stuff, dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe for more free stuff. And then this podcast, which you get your money's worth every week, folks, it's absolutely free. Speaking of money's worth, uh, you know, I got a, a, an email from the New York Times uh, this week telling me my subscription was going up yet again. It went up last year to $165. Holy smokes. Um, a year and now they're raising it from 165 to $195. And you know what's bullshit is that doesn't even get you access to the recipes, the New York Times oh, cooking. Okay. They want you to pay they want you to pay for that and the crossword puzzle separately, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, um that level, uh that one ninety five level is is commensurate with, 
you know, what we charge for our, for our monthly products, your a junior resource monthly and, and my foundational profits. And, and that's um, for the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the New York, the New York times is a good rag and, and, and I do spend some time reading it. They do good reporting. Um, but the, the profit opportunities they presented me are nowhere near what you, you yeah. and I are delivering in our publications. And so, um, when it comes to return on investment, I think that, you know, what we're offering is definitely worth it. Yeah, absolutely proud of that. And again, we don't even have the greatest markets to be working under. We're still, you know, being able to, to get out there and compete every day and, and, and deliver some big wins that more than offset, you know, some of the losses because there's always going to be losers, right? It's nature of the beast. Um, anyhow, Mr. Hodge, that's all I got on, on, on my end of it. Anything else you want to get off your chest? No, that's it. We did pretty good. All right, everybody. This was the 226th episode of Investing in Bizarro, Bizarro World. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. Y'all go be kind. Enjoy the rest of your July. Smile. Be nice to each other. Be a better citizen. Build better communities. Be a better parent. Be a better son. Whatever it is, go try to be better at it. And I'll do the same on my end. Send us off, Nick. And stay cool. It's hot out there. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.